anything's a skill that you need to practice. I was not always this way, but over time, as you win smaller, what you have small wins, or you kind of put yourself out there and you act going, doing, not just sitting around thinking about it, that is what helps build the confidence to then get bold. That's how you really change your life as opposed to just taking what's around and available. You find opportunity by putting yourself in those situations. And the only way to really do that is to move and do. Come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Fasten your I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet my new friend, Jennifer Cohen, best-selling author, brand strategist, international speaker, and educator with a specific focus on building healthy habits to drive positive behavioral change. She was recently named 100 Most Influential People in Health and Fitness by Greatlist and is currently ranked number 16 Most Impactful Fitness Entrepreneurs by WebMD. Holy cow. She's a CEO of Suprema Fitness, a full-service agency backed by Venture Fund MDO Holdings, which primarily invests in health and wellness tech startups. In 2021, they launched their first platform in partnership with Ryan Lockheed called Lockheed in Training. In 2019, Jennifer took her passion and experience to develop the, and host one of the fastest rising regularly ranked podcasts, Habits and Hustle, featured on entrepreneur.com, which brings together thought leaders and notable game changers in thought-provoking conversations, identifying effective techniques and ideas to help listeners level up their physical and mental capabilities. Jennifer's got best-selling books. Jennifer's got unbelievable TED Talk that is off the charts with millions of flipping views. Jennifer is a total badass. And Jennifer, I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you very much, Heather. I, it's great to be here. I love I love your, your, your podcast. I love your platform. So this is like really exciting. So thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start here with the secret to getting anything you want in life. I loved your TED Talk and I was hoping you could share a little bit about that story with us. Absolutely. Well, first, I don't want to give away too much because I want people to actually go and listen to it. But at the end of the day, it's really all about asking for what you want and being bold and kind of not being fearful of rejection, really. And it's about being resilient and making those attempts because the truth of the matter is most people don't really go for what they want. They usually acquiesce to what's available or what's in front of them. And my entire message and my entire platform is really about chasing what you want and not just taking what you get, more or less. It's such a powerful message. And the story that really leads you up to your message in the talk is incredible. And it just reminds me of that, you know, we're constantly told no, we're constantly, everyone is putting these self-limiting beliefs on us that this is not possible for us. But you just persevered through with this unwavering determination and boldness, as you say, that is, it's very inspiring. Well, thank you very much. I think that, listen, I think that it's like anything else, anything's a skill that you need to practice, right? So I feel like I was not always this way, but over time, as you kind of win smaller, what you have small wins, or you kind of put yourself out there and you act. I know we both are big, big believers in just action, going, doing, not just sitting around thinking about it. You know, that is what helps build the confidence to then get bold. And that's how you really change your life, right? As opposed to just taking what's around and available, you kind of 
find opportunity by putting yourself in those situations. And the only way to really do that is to move and do. Well, I'll tell you, I having given a TEDx talk and knowing the pressure around it, there was a little girl that kept showing up and like saying things in the background of your talk. How did you not let that deter you? That was like the one thing I was thinking to myself. Oh, everyone said that. Well, first of all, there was a baby that was crying. What you didn't see, actually, I had to do it twice. So I started it my first time and there was a technical difficulty with the sound. So I was like about a minute and a half or two minutes in and they're like, "Uh, excuse me, can you start again? So I had to like walk off the stage and kind of walk back on. And yeah, it was one of those things where it was super, it was so petrifying. You know, you're not allowed, you know how it is. You're not allowed to take any notes with you on the stage. So I had like all these like little notes on my hand that I was like trying to remember. Cause I'm usually, you know, that was the first time I was ever on a stage like that before. And so I was like very, very nervous. And so I, and also you kind of like create your own anxiety, right? Cause like I, no matter where I am, I like made myself worse. But I'm really happy that I, I did it because I don't love public speaking. That's the one thing I absolutely hate. And that's kind of why I did it. I actually was one of those people that didn't apply to do a TED Talk. They they approached me and I actually initially was like, no, I don't think I should. I don't want to do it. And then I rescinded that message and I went for it because I was so fearful and I, I am so uncomfortable with it that that just showed me that that's something that I have to really lean into more and conquer that fear. And it worked out really well. Like like you said, it the talk went viral and I've gotten like so many different opportunities because of it. I'm doing another TED Talk, two TED Talks in the next next year. So yeah, it's really exciting. And I and actually now I'm because I practiced the art of speaking in public like that at that kind of forum. I actually am liking it now and really, really am making that like a a, a core piece or pillar of my business. So. I appreciate you sharing that because so many people hate speaking and to hear that you were not really feeling it and you were afraid of it, but instead that told you this is a sign for me to lean into it. You went for it and that thing went viral with millions of views. I mean, Jennifer, that's a major accomplishment and and it just shows you're living the message that you're preaching to everybody else. Yes. I Thank you. I appreciate that, Heather. I, I try to. I try to really be someone that is not just like a talking head saying, do this, like from a, from my, my white tower, right? Like I, I really do. Everything I talk about is authentic to who I am. It's what I've done. All my messages, the Ted talk about being bold, making 10 attempts and, you know, everything is, are, is trial and error. I would never tell anybody to do something or try something without me trying it first. And it's, from personal experience. I, I don't believe that you have to be the smartest person to be successful. I think it really is about the attempts, about like putting yourself out there for the opportunity to present itself. And even if you don't get that goal you had in mind, another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed by just even attempting. So that's basically how I kind of like go about life. And I that's how what I, what I talk about a lot. Well, I'd like to back it up a little bit for people who don't know your story and don't know, you know, where this all came from, because your trajectory in fitness and then into being an entrepreneur and then to the TED Talks and the books and the company, it is not linear. And it definitely is not the typical trajectory that you would see for someone with your background. 
Yeah, it's definitely linear is definitely it's definitely not linear, right? Because in fact, actually, nobody ever knows how to like what where to put me into like, what do you do? Are you with this or are you with that? Do you do this? Do you do that? The reality is like now I get very much pigeonholed into being a fitness person, like a personal trainer, even though I haven't been a trainer for many, many, many years, right? Because there was no real like dovetail of anything. So when I first started my career, actually, I was working for a sports team. Then I went back to school to get a business, a master's in business, and got poached to work for BMG Music, for, which is a record label. And I was really on that trajectory, like that trajectory. I was working as an executive at a very young age and really kind of kind of going up those ranks um, at a label where I got a job opportunity to go from living in Toronto to moving to Los Angeles. So like that's what I was doing. And I kind of fell into the whole fitness business by total accident. It was something I did as a hobby, as a passion. And when the music world was really changing, like in the 2001 with like, do you remember the, with the dot coms and, and, and iTunes, I'm totally aging myself, but it was a totally different business. I decided to like quit a business, a place where I was making a lot of money and really rising up those tracks. And I was a VP level at a very young age at a record company. And I left all of that money and my visa behind. So the one piece of this is when you are a Canadian like me, you're only allowed to work for the company that's sponsoring you in the States. So that was what I was doing. And when you quit, then that's it. Like you cannot make money legally. So I had to figure out a way to make money illegally or like under the table or cash to survive until I figure out my next move. And that's how I'm like, I'll become a trainer just because I thought that was the easiest way and the path of least resistance. I can be, get a certification. I can start training people and figure out my life living in LA without having a visa being, you know, with a company. And while I was doing that, it dawned on me that I had all of these relationships and all these different ideas, like what, from my, from my, for my old life that I can usually, I can integrate into my new life. So once I got that training certificate, I didn't want to be capped at $100 an hour or an hour, whatever, that I went back into the labels and I created a job. I went to the president of uh, MCA Universal and I said, let me be a label trainer. I'm going to train all of the talent before they go on music videos or before they go on tour and I will get them fit and ready because I knew how the money was being worked in the marketing, right? And he's like, what do you know about that stuff? That's not what you do. I'm like, but yes, it is. I have it. My first certification. Give me a shot. I know how talent works. I'm going to do this. He's like, fine, try that. And that way I would get paid a monthly retainer legally because I'm now with a label and I didn't get capped by whatever hourly job I would have more or less. So that that's how I even got into the fitness business. And then I was fortunately successful and one label turned into six. And then I had a whole staff of people that was working for me, going around the country, training people and doing all of that. And that's how I kind of like became a fitness person. But I was, I, I really was like an entrepreneur within the fitness space. Right. And so that was like kind of in my blood. And that was really what I really like to do. And that just took me on a whole different path from there to like writing books and to starting my, my first fitness company, which was a shoe company. But again, it was under like the health and fitness, which I sold. And then I did a fitness app, which then got acquired by Weight Watchers. So I've really always done these like very, you know, entrepreneurial businesses within the, the fitness space. 
And yet people still don't see me as like a business person. They still think that I'm like only squat. I only know how to squat, lunge and do a push up, which is ironic. It's like hilarious to me, but it is what it is. And so I guess my message is people can be much more than just one thing. And perception is very, very often not reality. Are you tired of the stress and chaos of live launching? Who isn't, right? But if you've tried going evergreen, you know that's not the solution either. Hello, low conversions. So what's the answer? The circuit sales system is designed to make sales for you every single day while giving your audience all the excitement of live launching without you ever having to live launch again. What would increasing your current yearly revenue by 40 times look like for you? Okay, nobody's making any income guarantees here, but that's exactly what Nikki did for her business when she developed her circuit sales system. The circuit sales system is the automated system that combines the best of both live launching and evergreen with none of the worst. Think high conversions and high predictability without the chaos or risk. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalesystem.com slash confidence. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalesystem.com slash confidence. cbdistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer and it's huge. Right now, you can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular and it is just so easy. All because I use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify. 
What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. When you describe your journey, you were able to connect dots other people weren't seeing just because of who you were, your unique experiences mm-hmm. that you thought, okay, if I get in this fitness thing, how do I tie that back to where my entire network was? And no one else was thinking of that. It's very, very astute of you. So I agree with you. So everyone has something that they're good at. My superpower, if I were to have one, would be I'm very good at connecting the dots, like figuring out really quickly how this can lead to that strategic and vision in that way. You know, because a lot of us have these micro skills that we think that we can't do something because it doesn't seem like, you know, straight on that we're able to do it. But if we really kind of like take a minute and think about all the things we've done in the past, we've learned a lot of skills just in different areas that we can really apply to what's in front of us and be successful at it. And we have we have resources and connections and contacts that were helpful. A lot of times the people in front of you can be super helpful that you don't even think that they are because you're not thinking broader or big enough, right? And a lot of times it's the people that you least expect that are the ones who actually are the most helpful. Because I don't believe that anyone is successful just in a silo by themselves. I really believe it takes a team and a village of people who are helping other people. And so even if those people don't want to help me necessarily, or I don't get anything from them, that doesn't deter me from always paying it forward and giving some and helping others because it always does come back tenfold. And so I, I really kind of really all the time, I was very good at leveraging other opportunities and other contacts and other relationships and other resources that I did from something else that I took along with me for my next thing. And I still do that to this day. So it's really, it's a very valuable skill if you really want to be successful. What's another example of when you leverage a relationship in one area or one industry or one business and applied it to another? Well, when I was younger, and when I say when I was younger, when I was really kind of like in the fitness space, hardcore, where I was now like training all these people with all, in all these labels and had all these other trainers underneath me, that was like the time when influencers were very different than they are now. Now we have social media. Back then it wasn't really social media based. It was very much about like you were influential based on your reach. And so we had like gossip magazines, like Us Weekly and all that stuff was very, very big. So I'll give you two different stories. Number one, I would align myself at the time with very big companies like Nike, or um, I was a master trainer for Nike for a while. And I did big deals with spokesperson deals with big companies where I was able to leverage that name because unfortunately how people work is you're much more 
valuable or you see more valuable if you're associated with, let's say, a Nike versus if you're alone and yourself. I did a lot of different business deals early on where I would be able to capitalize on their name. So I did that a lot. That was the first thing. Secondly, with my relationships, let's say, for example, I was with Muscle Milk really early on. Muscle Milk was one of my first, I was like a spokesperson for them. And, you know, they really needed to be in like us magazine because at the time that was like when people would read those magazines and see a celebrity doing something and they're like, oh, I want that. And that's how you would sell things before, you know, now it's so it's all about Instagram, social media. So I would like give product to Ben Affleck, who I would work out with and say, can you do me a favor? Can you hold this muscle milk? Can you walk outside? Because there's paparazzi out there. And can you take a sip of it so they take it so that so they can so then they'll you know see you drink it and then da, 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 da. and so I would leverage relationships in that way because it was extremely valuable to my my brand. But like it's about like using who you have around you, and that's not a bad thing. It's how business actually works. You know, like if you want to get that whatever opportunity, you got to think strategically of like how you can actually get that opportunity because you got to make yourself invaluable to whoever you work for and with. And I'm a big believer in that. I always want to be someone who over delivers and undersells. And because everybody in this world is replaceable, unfortunately, with companies, you have to set yourself apart by being invaluable and figuring out ways to become invaluable. So I'm not saying, you know, Ben Affleck and you should give him a muscle milk to go outside. But what I am saying is, you know, think about what you have that makes you unique and what makes you really special and really kind of lean in on that and play up those strengths because you are unique and you, there is something that you have as a superpower and really kind of enhance that because that's how you make yourself invaluable. Oh, it's such good advice is lean into whatever that unique thing is about you. Even if the industry isn't showcasing that or highlighting that, the more that you lean into that, you'll find your own path. You'll find your own way. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of times people are trying to kind of like fit into what they think is like the thing that is like popular or trendy and whatever else. And at the end of the day, the only thing that really works is authenticity, right? And that's when you shine for good or for bad. And I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, I may be a little bit like, you know, non-traditional in a lot of ways. And, you know, a lot of people may not like me or my style, but guess what? Then they're, they're not my tribe. They're not my people anyway. Water finds its level and you gravitate to what's good for you and what's, what's right for you in everything personally and professionally. Amen to that, sister. All right. So how did you find your way to launching habits and hustle and, and launching your business? How did that all come to be? So because I was, I was already doing a lot of entrepreneurial stuff in the fitness space, you know, the, you know, in 2015, when I created the fitness app and it was acquired by Weight Watchers as my second exit now, because I had the shoe company, I was very much like now working and being very involved, private equity funds, venture funds, and looking at different trends and in the marketplace of fitness and, and health, because I always was very, very interested in, like I said, the business within the health and, and fitness and wellness space. So how it all happened was the podcast was actually supposed to be a TV show. I sold a show to NBC that was this was called Game Changers, which was a show based on like doing a cribs version of entrepreneurs where you're going into some entrepreneur's house or wherever and looking what they eat, the drink, their habits and all that. 
and it was sold to NBC and it just stayed on the shelf and nothing happened. Like it was sold and we were, we were going to do a, we were going to do a whole pilot of how it would work. And they, we couldn't figure out like, not we, they couldn't figure out what it really meant when I was like talking about entrepreneurs, they wanted to do Khloe Kardashian who, yes, they're entrepreneurs, but I was thinking more of like a Mark Cuban. Like it was like, I wanted to do more of like the profit show and they wanted to do more of like a pop starry type of thing. It was like a disconnect and one month turned into six months, turned into a year. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm not going to like put my destiny in somebody else's hands and just sit back and wait. I'm like, so what I'll do is I will just do this as a podcast and then kind of see what happens and let the chips fall as they may. So that's what I did. So the Game Changers show turned into Habits and Hustle podcast. And then like I was able to call the shots and do my own thing and kind of like decide who I wanted as a guest and whatever else. And, my, you know, I really wanted to have a podcast or a show that was for people who truly wanted to figure out practical ways that they could integrate into their life to be successful, both personally and professionally, mentally and physically. Because the physical part is, is, is a huge component to your mental and mental is a huge component to your physical. And so I just took the bull by the horns and, and decided that I'm not going to let someone else tell me what my destiny is. And I just did the podcast. So that's how that happened. I do a lot of business strategy and I work with a lot of businesses because like I said, that's my passion. I like to like work with emerging brands in the health and space and take them from where they are and make them bigger and like figure out ways to do lots of non-traditional marketing, which is really what I love to do. Non-traditional marketing strategies to take them from A to hopefully like L or, you know, not, not always a Z, but like, I'd like take them pretty far. So, you know, that's how it worked. It was, that's really what my groove was. And the books and everything else came naturally from what I did in the fitness space. I never set out to do a book. I never set out to really do anything except doing things that I like passionately like to do. And that was like an evolution of what I was doing. Can you share with us what that brand strategy looks like for one or two of the brands that you work with? It's not really a strategy like, okay, so I can't say, okay, for brand one, this is what you should do because it's not a formula, right? It's not like you do A plus B equals C. It's more about like, okay, where are you in the marketplace? Okay. And how do we elevate your brand? How do we get like the real tastemakers to promote you? How do we make people really like engaged and interested in your brand? And right now, a lot of it is social media, but a lot of it also there's also a big component of off social media right now, not so much right now because of the pandemic and events and everything else are are really slowed down, but it depends what the brand is. I mean, I think a lot of it is having the right people know that your, your brand exists and get them to be your mouthpiece. Right. And that doesn't have to always be just having someone on social media. There's a lot of influential people that are off of social media who can be very, very helpful. You know, there's some traditional media doesn't do anything, but there's a few that actually pop. But I think that it's about being clever and standing out from the noise. So like a lot of times, like someone's marketing material needs to really be tweaked and it has nothing to do with the actual product. It's about like how they're presenting themselves to the world. And I like to really kind of like lean, I say that word a lot this in this podcast, but like really kind of go into like how the product and how the brand is unique. What are they standing for? 
who is really their demo? Who really is their target market? How do we laser focus on in, into that? I don't believe that you can be somebody for everybody. I think the more niche you get, the more successful you can become as a brand, as a, as a personal brand. The truth of the matter is in today's time, everybody is a brand. Every, you're a brand. I'm a brand. This widget pen is a brand. Anything and everything is a brand. And you have to really kind of know what that brand stands for and then like reverse engineer how to kind of build it. That's how I would say it. I totally agree with everyone has a brand, whether they think they do or they don't, they already are a personal brand. So many people think, well, I'm not like you. I don't have a personal brand. I don't need a personal brand, but you're here to tell those people you already have one. You might as well lean into it. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Yeah, I think if you have a Facebook page, you know, Facebook's like, you know, you you have a brand. If you have an IG, if you have an Instagram page, you have a brand. So that like to me, that's very important. I think also the authenticity piece that we talked about is super important and standing for something, have an opinion on even a brand like, you know, this or the BLK water, you, me, Mary Joe down the street, stand for something. I think that when you're too in the middle and wishy-washy or don't stand for anything, that's how you get lost in the shuffle. And that's how you get lost in the noise. You know, like I'm not saying to be super polarizing, but what I'm saying is like, don't be afraid to speak your truth and speak your opinion because you're afraid you're going to insult somebody or you're going to be canceled. I mean, this whole world now is about like, oh my God, I'm scared because of cancel culture. They're not going to like me. They're not going to want to. Okay. Well then, then what? So you're going to like, you're going to mute out anyway, because then you're just like, you're become beige. You don't want to be beige. You know, oh my gosh, you wanna... I, I always say that I call it vanilla. If I'm vanilla, I upset nobody, but I don't want to be, I wasn't born to be vanilla or beige or however you want exactly. to I'm so with you. And when you deter to this cancel culture and say, I'm not going to show up and be my unique self because I don't want to get canceled. You're letting them cancel you anyways. Hallelujah. Exactly. That you're still, you are canceled at that point because you're not even being yourself. You are canceled. I really don't love what's happened, to be honest. I don't love how everybody now is it's so disingenuous. I feel like that people just are just like jumping on the bandwagon. That's that is like hashtag friendly and trendy because they're so nervous of, of like, you know, upsetting the apple card and not being, you know, looked upon a certain way. But it's, to me, it's like, if you can't live your life like that, I mean, how the, the pendulum has to start swinging the other way eventually. And if it doesn't, you be the person that like pushes that pendulum. You know, it's, so it's that's a how much I more real way to live. It's a much more alive way to live. I, I was, you and I were talking about this earlier that I was on a virtual event the other day with someone who came on camera and asked, Hey, Heather, I've been really miserable at my job for about 13 years now. Things just aren't getting better. I really want to leave, but I don't know how to get myself to do it. And I just, it was dumbfounding for me now to listen to someone that unhappy for that long but just so afraid of what, what does it look like to step out of being beige? That whole concept and idea scared her. And 
I felt so much more scared for her to stay in this awful situation, which just sounded dreadful to me. I totally, I totally understand that. I think people are very fearful, right. Of like doing that. And then the, the question is, how do you kind of overcome that fear? How do you kind of overcome it? And, you know, you'd say it one way, I say it in a different way, whatever resonates with the person is the most important part. But I think the best thing to do is you just have to do, you know, like, I hate to say it, but like, there is no magic. It's not like I'm going to say, well, first you do this, then you do that. And then you won't be afraid anymore. Well, no, you, you, the only way you're not going to be afraid is to actually like put yourself and confront that fear because that's the only way that the fear goes away. Like me with public speaking or anybody else with something else, it's, it's much scarier in your brain and your head than it really is in real life. And so you have to just like do it, let the chips fall where they may and work, keep on like doing and doing. That's the way for everything. That's like doing is the best way to build confidence. It's the best way to like get away from fear. It's the best way to build resilience is actually just doing it. And people don't realize sometimes, unfortunately, that the hardest part, the stop is always in the start, right? If you just start it, it's much easier to keep on going. And I use fitness a lot for analogies because, you know, like we like think, oh my God, like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to work out. It sounds so daunting, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. But if you're like, you know what, I'm going to start, I'll do it for five minutes. Okay, I can do it for five minutes. Chances are the second you start doing it, eh, the five minutes will most likely turn into like 20, 25, 30 minutes. But like you don't even allow yourself that beginning because you just like are so overwhelmed by the entire thing because you don't want us to do the start. But if you just think in small little pieces, it makes it easier. Oh my gosh, that's I just did a post on LinkedIn uh, yesterday about this. Don't boo yourself off stage before you even have the chance to go on. Because that's the thing you get in that's your head right. and just think, you know what, uh, this isn't going to go well, or I don't have the energy or I can't, I can't make this work. I'm not even going to give it a shot. And, and that's just withholding everything, all that potential within you from the world, which is not going to make the world a better place. And frankly, we need the world to be a better place. Totally. Oh my God. I totally agree with you hundred percent. So Jennifer, yeah. tell us what is coming next for you? What can we look forward to? I mean, I am writing a new book and the book won't be out for like a hundred years. No, it's going to be out like, I don't know. This podcast will be January. So in seven months, I am right. My book is coming out. So look out for that. I am doing a lot of stuff. I'm working with a lot of amazing brands right now. One of them is a huge disruptor in the health market. It's called Fend, F-E-N-D. And it's about like, hydrating and hygiene for your respiratory system, which is really big for your immune system. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, a big one. It just actually won Time Magazine's best invention of the year. People could go to Hello Fend and it's like a, a spray that's a mist of, of uh, salt water. And if you do it three times a day, it's supposed to like completely change your overall hydration, your overall respiratory immune health. It's supposed to be a game changer. Seriously. And I'm not just saying that. And the reason why I am working with them is because I harassed them. I met the inventor at, I was doing a talk at MIT and he was a, ta a speaker. He was an MIT guy slash Harvard professor. And I was so enamored in awe of who he was and what he's done that I was like, I'm hitching my wagon to whatever you're doing. And I like beg them to be involved. And it is because I believe so deeply in this product. Another one is this company called BLK, which is a water company. Again, another water that has fulvic minerals. It's a mineral that you find in the soil, which is amazing for your health, overall health benefits. So everything that I really participate in or I'm involved in, they're 
has to be an element of like, again, the authenticity. I really stand behind it. I really believe in it. I would do it regardless if I work with them. I approach them because I like them. And I'm a big proponent of that. Again, part of my entire thing is if people don't wait for someone just to give you a job, you know, look at what you really love, what you do day to day and laser focus and then chase after what you really want, like work with the people you really want, the companies you really want, and just don't give up until that's a possibility because that's how you actually have, you really enjoy what you're doing. If you stand behind that, you stand behind the message, the passion, you know, then you're living a life that is true to who you are. And I think that is so important. So that's what I'm doing. And then of course, Truniagen, which is an NAD. Do you know anything about NAD? No, you have to explain it to us. NAD is something that our body naturally produces, but as we age, we make less and less of it. And it's really fantastic for your overall energy, your cellular health, your recovery. Lots of athletes take it. A lot of people who are super into longevity and biohackers. I've been taking it for years. I'll send you some. It's another game changer. It's great. Where can we find out more about you and all these amazing products? Well, you can just follow me on Instagram at therealgencohen.com or you can, uh, my website is also a great one, jennifercohen.com. Habits and Hustle, my podcast is another option. And that's a good amount of places to find me. I think it's some great tips and great hacks that everybody's going to get. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Heather. It's a great, I had a great time with you. All right, guys, until next week, keep creating your confidence. You know I will be. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential don't believe me i'm gonna go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too you have helped me so much these last few weeks i was with a narcissist for two years she drove me to the point i wanted to take my own life listening to you has made a massive difference and now i know what i'm with thank you rebecca now the recovery Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life, Emma. 
35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.